What's up, everyone, and welcome to the weekly Q&A. For our first question, Dennis Shuttlesworth asks, how will Luthen's seemingly inevitable death impact Cassian? We're just assuming he dies. Yeah, I was going to bring that up first. I mean, people were questioning, is is he going to survive season one for a while? And now, obviously, we know that he did. But even that last scene, it was kind of like, a, what's happening? Is Cassian there to kill Luthen? How's that going to play out? But no, like they're going to join forces. Cassian wants him to take him in. So I, I assume they're going to be working together closely in season two. So let's... I have to assume Luthen does not make it to the end of this series. I guess not. I mean, I I don't want him to die at this point, but yeah, I, I guess he doesn't make it. I don't think it's going to impact Cassian that much, though. I, I think it will in some ways. I, I was just going to explore how it might, because we have seen a bunch of characters' deaths impacting his future, whether mm-hmm. it's Nimic or Kino's not necessarily dead, but he did sacrifice Marva's death. I think Luthen's death will also be some sort of catalyst for change within Cassian. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I get the feeling, though, that Luthen makes it known to anyone he gets remotely close to that, like, people are going to die, and that's just the way things are. I'm wondering if he could be kind of like Skeen, where maybe Luther or Cassian eventually is like, this is not the right way to go about this. Yeah. What like what if Cassian does end up killing Luthen? Luthen does something just one step too far. As we continue to build towards the rebellion, I could see someone even ordering that. Not Mon Mothma. I, I think that's too far for her, but Draven is the kind of person to tell Cassian, like, forget what Mon Mothma said, this person's got to go. So I wonder if that could be one of the terrible things that Cassian has done for the rebellion. Could be. So I think that that could really affect him. (laughs) That that will impact his future. I wonder if at any point before Luthen inevitably dies, (laughs) if, like, Luthen and Mon Mothma are, like, the devil angel on Cassian's shoulders. Because, like, Luthen isn't... I wouldn't consider him the devil, but, like, he's got a lot more darkness to him and the way he goes about doing things compared to Mon Mothma. So it'd be interesting to see the three of them uh, in season two and how that dynamic works. Yeah, I kind of thought that might be how it, it would be presented in season one. And so now I think, yeah, we could shift that to season two and I agree, like, Luthen is not the devil, it's just that he fights the fight the wrong way. Like, in Star Wars' his own words, mm-hmm. he, he makes choices that are closer to the Imperial way of thinking. He even says that, like, I use the weapons and tools of my enemy to defeat them. So I, I think that that might be the choice that Cassian has to make. Am I going to follow Luthen's philosophy or Mon Mothma's? I also think that, yeah, while Luthen's death might feel inevitable, I think that we could hopefully still see him regain his soul. Like, he has said, like, I'm damned for what I do. I've condemned myself. I think he has kind of given up hope that he can be better. But, like, to see a Star Wars redemption story from the side of a good guy, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> on the on the right side of the fight, I think that's a really interesting take. Jeff Graytons wants to know if Mon Mothma could carry her own series in the future. And they specifically talk about how, 
you know, she was going to have more story. This whole series was going to have more story, and they condensed it from five seasons to two. So are we going to be losing anything because of that? And I'm like, yeah, maybe. So they could shift some of that stuff into not necessarily like Mon Mothma, a Star Wars series, but to keep that story going post A New Hope Mm -hmm. and continue to explore the rebellion, but in that era. I think that that's a real possibility. I think it's it's possible. I I would love to see a Mon Mothma show. However, I don't think she can carry her own show, to be honest. Like, she she has a great role in Andor. And, like, I wish we saw more of her in Andor. And, like, to be able to see her do more for the Rebellion as we get towards when we see her in Return of the Jedi, I think that would be cool. But like right now, especially her life is just so depressing. <laughs> and I, I don't know what a solo Mon Mothma show would look like. Oh, I agree with you there. Like, I don't think it would be the Mon Mothma show. I think it would have to that be. That sounds like a variety show. Yeah, I mean, I'd watch that. <laughs> <laughs> Today's guest is little Grogu. It's He's like... taking the galaxy by storm. <laughs> um. <laughs> That, that's something that she does when the New Republic is set up. It's a PR thing. It's like a Jerry Springer show with the <laughs> amount of drama that goes on on Coruscant. Yeah. <laughs> she and Vel just like making little jokes about everyone else and like sipping tea and making knowing looks at each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd watch that too. But I, I think that watching her continue to be a prominent character in an ensemble show, I would absolutely do that. I do think that she could maybe carry her own show be the the main character because i loved her scenes in andor so much and i did want more of them um but yeah i, I think it would still have to be a <laughs> you can't call it star wars rebels but something like mm-hmm. that of just what does the rebellion look like as it continues on still have that andor tone and feel yeah bakey asks what projects we're most excited for now that andor is over i think <sighs> I think I'm going to go with Star Wars Jedi Survivor just okay. because I like I love Fallen Order so much and I honestly keep kind of forgetting about it. I keep focusing on all the live action series that are on the way. Uh, the Mandalorian is the closest one. Obviously, I'm excited for that. There, there's nothing I'm not excited for and I tend to just be focused on, okay, what's next? And the Bad Batch is something that I also just kind of, it's in my head, but I keep forgetting that it's, a month away mm-hmm. and that trailer from star wars celebration it got the biggest screams from me uh more than anything else that was presented there seeing yeah stuff like we're, we're gonna talk about the bad batch a little more in a future question so i won't dive into all that but i don't sleep on the bad batch i am excited for that but star wars jedi survivor i'm just excited for another Star Wars game, especially a sequel to one that I adore. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess Bad Batch would, would be the soonest we're going to see Jedi again because we're getting Gungi. That's true. Yeah. So just in terms of that, I am excited for that. I think the one I'm most excited for is Mando season three because it it's looking like the stakes are going to be a lot higher. Like the production just looks so much bigger um and Grogu duh come on (laughs) yeah but like so many people that I know are just so excited for Ahsoka 
And I feel like my expectations for that show are kind of low right now. And I'm kind of like, I'm sure I'm going to love it. But from what I've seen so far of Rosario Dawson's Ahsoka, it hasn't got me that hyped. She definitely seems like Ahsoka at a different point in her life. And I think that's going to be part of the story. Mm-hmm. You know, she she does show up as Ahsoka the White. And just like Gandalf in Lord of the Rings, like he's a little bit off. Like he's a little more serious. And I think he has to like relearn who he was. Yeah. And Ahsoka might have just gone through some stuff that we haven't seen yet. I mean, who knows how she got off Malachor mm-hmm. and all that. So I think there's a lot to learn there. And I, I do agree with you that it, it has felt different from the animated depiction. I feel like I'm more excited for the rest of the cast and getting to see, you know, the ghost crew in live action and Hera and all that. So the show as a whole does have me really excited. But if I had to pick what's coming next that I'm most excited for, it's Mando. Well, I think that just is how it is <laughs> that when you look down the line and like we're so focused on here's everything coming in 2023 it's like yeah i'm excited for the next thing and then i'm a little less excited for ahsoka but once mando season three is over ahsoka is going to jump up to the top mm-hmm. and then and so and a skeleton crew is going to jump up a little bit more it's just we're so focused on whatever's next but yeah i'm trying to remember Star Wars Jedi Survivor is coming. I'm just waiting to see more from it. Like, th- we got the one celebration look, which I loved. Uh, can't wait to see what else is in store for Cal. The video game awards are coming soon, right? Early de- early December? Yeah, I think so. The this next coming Thursday. So, fingers crossed, we get a, a better look. Maybe an actual release date instead of just, I think, March is what they've said. So, I'd love some solid details but I'm ready. KJB Wits wants to know what big moments we might get in the Bad Batch season two. And Michael Russell asks if Luthen could appear. I uh, burst out laughing at the idea of Luthen showing up in the Bad Batch season two and being exactly the same, like (laughs) insanely intense, delivering amazing monologues while Wrecker's like, I don't know what that means. (laughs) Yeah. Oh man, that that would be hilarious. I'm just, I just watched the movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, and so I'm thinking of like a, like a like a buddy movie, not a buddy cop movie, but like him and Wrecker having to go uh-huh. off on an adventure together. I feel like would be right up my alley. Such an odd couple, yeah. <laughs> like I just don't think there's any way Luthen can fit into the Bad Batch. They they are so different in tone. Which oh, that's something I meant to say in the last question is that I I am just in general excited to get away from andor's tone actually like i loved andor i love its tone i hope we get more stories like that in the future it also felt like a relief to be done with it and just be like oh we made it (laughs) (laughs) because it was intense the whole time so i'm excited to go back to something like the bad batch which is just like yeah star wars animation it still has depth but it's a lot light a lot more lighthearted. Uh, it's going to be a nice little, like, let's swing the pendulum in the other direction. Yeah. They uh, made us care so much about little Omega, Omega, and I'm, I'm so excited to see her continue her journey with the rest of the Bad Batch, and she gets cool armor, and, like, just, just seeing her grow up 
throughout this show has been really fun. Yeah. I, I don't think Luthen will appear, but I will uh, cheer if he does, because I think that would be hilarious. Um, but for big moments, the trailers have already shown us some stuff. I screamed so loud when Gungi showed back up in the trailer, because I just I never <laughs> thought we would see him again. I had resigned myself to just like, you know, the younglings, what happened to them? <laughs> Probably nothing good. And like to to have that hope restored when I, I thought there was none. Uh, got so much joy out of me. Yeah, I, I'm super excited for Gungi, Gungi, Gun, Gungi, whatever floats your boat. We like Twilight, whatever. Um, and like I said before, just getting more Star Warsy stuff in Star Wars. So like the Jedi, we'll see Palpatine and the clones. Just it it feels kind of like comfort food. Mm-hmm, going yeah. going back to that stuff. Um, speaking of Palpatine. The Zillow Beast. Yeah. So excited for that because that is something that has plagued fans for years. And a question that we get every once in a while, it just continues to pop up. What happened to the D- Zillow Beast? Did Palpatine ever clone it? What What's going on there? So I am ready to know more, even if it's just a little bit. Yeah. I In my mind, that will be involved in the Mount Tantus stuff, which again, like I keep forgetting. Oh, yeah. Mount Tantus is in this, like a huge Legends connection. We get to explore that, I presume. Uh, we're going to walk through that facility mm-hmm. and just keep diving into some lore stuff, which, yeah, it's just a completely different flavor of ice cream, like you put it, to Andor. And, yeah, I'm ready for some of that just this is like different stuff. birthday cake with sprinkles flavor. <laughs> yeah. Um, another big moment, which I... Don't know if it will for sure happen, but I'm going to assume that Grogu shows up on Mount Tantus. It, does that okay? Does that change your Mando Bad Batch ranking for what you're excited about? Let's no. say that there's Baby Yoda confirmed in Bad Batch too. Super excited, obviously, but live action Baby Yoda trumps any animated version, in my opinion. You don't know. They could have made him even cuter. Is that statistically impossible? But he's real. Like, he's a real little guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm going to cry if I think too hard <laughs> keep about him. thinking about Baby Yoda. But he's real. <laughs> I can send you the picture of you at Celebration. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Framed Citizen wants to know which planet would be the best vacation spot, and Ann Porkins asks if we use vacations to step away from Star Wars. Ann Porkins. I love that name. Uh, we're big Parks and Rec fans. Um, well, we, we get the vacation question all the time. I, mm-hmm. That's almost a weekly thing on Patreon. But I thought we would talk about vacations a little bit because we are on vacation right now. Uh, we haven't taken a vacation like this in a, a long time. A real vacation that wasn't travel related to our job. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It's like we've been to L.A. quite a few times and that's always fun uh or we'll go to celebration always a blast but it is still work and uh this is a chance for us to yeah we're gonna step away from star wars for a little bit as much as we can i mean like there's always the joke that news drops when we're out there so if a trailer or something happens yeah we're gonna watch it but i'm i'm promised that i'm not gonna cover it (laughs) until we get home so yeah i'm not planning on uh reading any star wars not gonna watch any star wars like this is supposed to be a let's hit reset on our minds a little bit yeah and you know 
Star Wars comes up naturally in our conversations all the time anyways, so I'm sure it'll come up at some point, but it won't be like, you know what, we should do a video on this. Yeah, I think that's more the important thing. It'll be like, yeah, maybe Luthen will show up in Bad Batch. That would be cool. <laughs> yeah, we're going to discuss it, uh, but not in a, like, this is work-related kind of thing. It's impossible to avoid for us at this point. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it needs to be a chance. Everyone needs a break. Too much of a good thing can be a bad thing. <laughs> so that that's why we try to, even in our daily lives, find a little bit of balance of making sure we don't just watch Star Wars all the time. Uh, we put out a video earlier this week of like, hey, here's some more great science fiction series to check out if you loved Andor. Mm -hmm. Because it was a lot like The Expanse and For All Mankind and like knowing these other, not franchises, but just diving into other stories, you know, expanding your horizons beyond Star Wars is important. Yeah. But for a vacation planet, <laughs> uh, I have to shout out Niamos now. I've always said Scarif, like, you know, pre-Rogue uh, One. Mm -hmm. But now we have Niamos, and I would go just for the music. Yeah. I, I think the weather, hopefully the weather could be nicer on Niamos because it looked real cloudy and kind of gray. But I am very curious about that planet and, like, what it's like. I also think uh, Canto Bite would be fun to just get really fancy dressed up and go play craps with some aliens. With Dabuske. Yeah. I, I'm sure we'd get sick of that real fast, though, just because of how snooty everybody was. But it'd be fun to, like, chat with everyone that's there. Uh, the Halcyon, obviously, I would love to do. Maybe someday. That's not a, that's that's not a, a planet. That's not a planet. But, like... <laughs> I'm trying to think of planet, other planets that I would want to travel to. But yeah, any planet with a beach or tropical-like atmosphere would be nice. We, I think. Yeah, we tend to be beach people. Yeah. Uh, but also, a planet like Felucia would be really cool. Oh, yeah. Or Kashyyyk. Kashyyyk would be wild, yeah. All the little tree houses. Kashyyyk or Endor, although there, you have the risk of being eaten, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> But Kashyyyk would be great. I've always loved the tree houses on Endor, though, mm -hmm. and the rope bridges and swinging between the huts. I always thought that was neat. I'd also throw out uh, Naboo or Alderaan, any any like really cultural place yeah. that you'd probably find a bunch of great museums there. Alderaan looked like it was something out of like Sound of Music, too. It <laughs> yeah. looked like a, a really cool place to, to go, but we'd have to go, you know pre a new hope obviously obviously on to youtube questions yugo ease wants to know how uncle harlow became a coruscanti power player i love how attached to uncle harlow some people got like who is he as if he was some known character that would be revealed and it's like it's just uncle harlow that's it yeah i mean yeah we haven't seen him i don't know if we will see him uh it would be funny to see him, I think, and see what he actually does. See, I, I think it would be funny because I don't think he is some huge power player like a, a mover and shaker. No. I mean, he obviously was able to pull some strings and get Cyril a crappy job yeah. within the Empire. It's not like he got him into the ISB. Right. <laughs> which, I mean, may maybe that's how terribly uh, Cyril's life was just in shambles, but... I think Uncle Harlow is just someone up on the next rung from Edie Karn. Yeah. And she was like, hey, I know that he can pull some strings. And she was probably impressed by that. But I think in the grand scheme of things, 
he is probably not that important. He's he's like one of those people that has a connection to all kinds of people, or so they say. They're like, oh, I got a guy for that. Oh, yeah, I yeah, got yeah. a guy that, that does that. I, I'll, I'll, I'll hook you up. He's like a social engineer or what are the... There's like a specific kind of person that will do that and just like kind of collect yeah. people and connections. Very used car salesman-y. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't think that we're ever going to meet Harlow. I don't think we need to. It was just, you know, someone within the family that could move Cyril into the Bureau of Standards. Mm-hmm. There's someone who... I would love to see in the Bad Batch, though. Uncle Harlow. Just a random Uncle Harlow appearance at a bar or something. Yeah, there you go. Just see him trying to trying to like talk his way in, into something or out of something and people being like, oh, no. Ugh, Uncle Harlow's here again. Again. <laughs> Running the Meta asks if Andor's success will lead to more Star Wars stories embracing that more mature tone. I think so. I mean, we don't know... To what degree it was a success, I think critically uh, and just fan reception across the board has been overall very positive. Certainly not everyone loves it, but I think that it has seen a lot of love. Viewer-wise, it hasn't reached the same peaks as like The Mandalorian. I also don't think that Disney was expecting that. I think they knew this was an experiment. They Mm -hmm. even called it an experiment to have a more adult Star Wars show. So I think they knew the audience was was not going to be as big as it would be for uh, an all-ages series. Yeah. I I think absolutely this is going to lead to more mature storytelling in Star Wars. But at the same time, like, the, the underlying themes are there in every Star Wars movie or show. It's just that Andor was very in your face with it and like flat out like, this is fascism, you know, like, so I think it was just very much an upfront kind of view of things. But yeah, I think we're going to continue to see that. And I hope that this leads to them saying, okay, well, that thing that we thought was too dark for the Acolyte, let's go ahead and go with it. Yeah, maybe. I I think it's going to be up to every creator. Obviously, Andor Season 2 is going to feel similar in tone. And and I think that just knowing that people will respond to something like this is all they needed to know. It's just like when Heir to the Empire came out in the early 90s. That was an experiment. People were like, does anyone even care about Star Wars anymore? Let's put this book out. And then it flew off the shelves and everyone was like, oh, Star Wars books can be a thing, Mm -hmm. like a big thing, and they still are. Like, books still hit the number one New York Times bestseller list. So I I think that this is just another, like, all right, let's try something new. Hey, it did pretty well. Let's try more of it. And as long as they don't say, like, okay, well, let's only do that from now on. I said this in my, like, season review. I think the lesson is continue to try new things with Star Wars. Keep expanding And yeah, like keep making things like Andor, but also make something completely different Mm -hmm. and see how people respond to that as well. Matthew Kelly wants to know if we think Cassian is done looking for his sister. I don't think so. I'm on the fence, but I'm leaning towards there's more to learn there. Yeah, I, I still find it very odd that that's how we opened season one of Andor, him looking for his sister. And then it just, that just never came back. So that seems like a pretty 
big uh, loose end for Andor's, for Cassian's character. So I think it will probably come up in season two. I thought it was going to come up again, especially when Marva brought it up. Um, yeah, that's how I yeah. felt. The, in episode seven, she's like, stop looking for your sister. And to me, I was like, nope, that's a reminder to the audience that that's why this all started. Mm-hmm. And it will continue to appear. So I do think that he's not done looking for her. I don't know that maybe he will listen to Marva and stop. And even if he does, I think he's going to learn something. Yeah. I still think his sister is like someone pro empire at this point. Like when she does eventually show up, it's going to be one of those like, Oh no, this is the worst (laughs) kind of person that she could possibly be. Yeah. It does feel like that's what the series keeps doing. Stuff like that. Like, what's the worst thing that could happen to Kino Loy right now? He can't swim. (laughs) Mon Mothma has a daughter. How do we make this terrible for Mothma? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I kind of agree with you on that. Uh, I I do think that even though Marva was like, there's no, there were no survivors. So stop looking. In the first scenes, the uh, woman that worked in the brothel said that there was someone from Kanari who was there. So there were survivors. Mm -hmm. Someone is out there. Whether or not it's Cassian's sister, I don't know. But I I think that there's more to be seen there. And I hope they don't just drop that. Coolmodi21 asks if Cassian ever saw Ezra's broadcast from Star Wars Rebels. People were speculating on whether or not that would actually appear or happen in Andor. Uh, I think I'm glad that it didn't. I would have been cool if it did. I'm just going to assume that, yes, Cassian heard the broadcast at some point. It seems like something Luthen would definitely find out about and be like, record that. I'm going to listen to that over and over, like seeing the continued various rebel cells like growing exactly the way he wants them to. Mm-hmm. I think he would have heard about that on his little radio and then told as many people as he could. Yeah. And, you know... We we do know that there are multiple rebel cells and they're all starting to gain more power and more interest and they're kind of popping up everywhere. So it's possible that he didn't see it, but heard about it. I don't know. Like, it, I don't think we're going to see that come up in the show, though. I don't think it's happened yet. I think Ezra's broadcast happens after the Ferrix revolt. And so... We're going to jump a year ahead into season two. So I think we're just going to miss that. Maybe Mm -hmm. it'll get a mention. Like that would be cool if in season two they talk about that kid from Lothal and how he inspired uh, that sector. That would be really neat. Yeah, they could like they could get the actor who's going to play him in Ahsoka, de-age him (laughs) and make it a hologram and like just toss that in. That would be an insane way to introduce live action Ezra. (laughs) Well, I think we'll have seen him by then. Ahsoka will have already been out, so not introduce him, but like have, you know, corporate synergy. Mm -hmm. Anytime we can have one character pop up in another show, I say let's do it. And it is interesting that, you know, Andor season one was very much set apart and it had a few familiar faces here or there. I think season two is going to have to involve more and more people. I mean, uh, Tony Gilroy 
said like, of course, K2SO is going to be in it. He was cagey about it before season one, but that was just because he didn't want to say K2SO is not in season one. But he's like, yeah, K2SO is going to be in season two. I'm sure Bail Organa, Draven, hopefully General Merrick. Like, Crix Medine. Yeah, <laughs> Crix Medine would be fun. <laughs> I think that the closer we get to A New Hope and just the rebellion forming, we know General Syndulla was on Yavin as well. So I'm like, it's not outside of the realm of possibility for Rebels characters to be in like the last eight episodes or so. I can see it. Let's do it. <laughs> That's all the time we have for questions today. If you want to leave a question for next week's video, just put it in the comments below or sign up for Patreon to join our weekly Q&A discussion. If you haven't already, please like this video, subscribe to the channel, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And as always, thanks for watching, and may the Force be with you.